Hello everybody and welcome in to episode number 181 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Zechariah chapter 14 today and our focus is on the last days, specifically the great and terrible day of the Lord. So every day we go through one chapter of the Bible, a couple of days a week we're in the Old Testament, like today, five days a week we're in the New Testament. Welcome aboard to new listeners in Patum Thani, Thailand, Auckland, New Zealand, New South Wales, Australia, Gujarat, India, Northwest South Africa, Yes, that really is a place. Uh, Parts Unknown, Philippines, Cincinnati, Ohio, Salinas, California, Terre Haute, Indiana, and Traverse City, Michigan. Thank you all for listening. Our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible listening, reading, hearing, and following. And I would appreciate you sharing the show with friends and neighbors and colleagues. And you can do that through our website, Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. You can contact us there with a question or a comment. You can check out show notes there and probably do other things as well. Back to the Old Testament today, and our passage is a bit of a doozy. In it, Zechariah the prophet is enabled to see an eschatological, that means last days, vision of the future when Israel is restored and completely focused on worshiping God wholeheartedly. Indeed, all of the nations of the world are also worshiping God in this vision. He is the only Lord of the earth after the events of Zechariah 14. Sounds great, but as we will read in just a moment, there's going to be tons of terrible turmoil before that all happens because Zechariah tells us that a great battle is coming in which many of the armies of the world line up and seek to utterly destroy Jerusalem. God himself fights for Jerusalem, however, and will win a tremendous victory. Let's go ahead and read the chapter, but I'm going to warn you, it's a little bit difficult to understand, like many of the last days passages in Scripture. Never fear, though, as we have a great Bible scholar today to help us make sense of the passage. This is Zechariah chapter 14, verse 1. Look, a day belonging to the Lord is coming when the plunder taken from you will be divided in your presence. I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem for battle. The city will be captured, the houses looted, and the women raped. Half the city will go into exile, but the rest of the people will not be removed from the city. Then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations as he fights on a day of battle. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. The Mount of Olives will be split in half from east to west, forming a huge valley so that half the mountain will move to the north and half to the south. You will flee by my mountain valley, for the valley of the mountains will extend to Azal. You will flee as you flee from the earthquake, fled from the earthquake in the days of King Isaiah of Judah. Then the Lord, my God, will come and all the holy ones with him. On that day there will be no light. The sunlight and moonlight will diminish. It will be a unique day known only to the Lord without day or night, but there will be light at evening. On that day living water will flow out from Jerusalem, half of it toward the eastern sea and the other half toward the western sea in summer and winter alike on that day the lord will become king over the whole earth the lord alone and his name alone all the land from geba to ramon south of jerusalem will be changed into a plain but jerusalem will be raised up and will remain on its site from the benjamin gate to the place of the first gate to the corner gate and from the tower of hananel to the royal wine presses 
People will live there, and never again will there be a curse of complete destruction. So Jerusalem will dwell in security. This will be the plague with which the Lord strikes all the people who have warred against Jerusalem. Their flesh will rot while they stand on their feet. Their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. On that day, a great panic from the Lord will be among them, so that each will seize the hand of another, and the hand of one will rise against the other. Judah will also fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of the surrounding nations will be collected gold silver and clothing in great abundance the same plagues as the previous one will strike the horses mules camels donkeys and all the animals that are in those camps then all the survivors from the nations that came against jerusalem will go up year after year to worship the king the lord of armies and to celebrate the festival of shelters should any of the families of the earth not go up to jerusalem to worship the king the lord of armies rain will not fall on them and if the people of egypt will not go up and enter then rain will not fall on them This will be the plague the Lord inflicts on the nations who do not go up to celebrate the festival of shelters. This will be the punishment of Egypt and all the nations that do not go up to celebrate the festival of shelters. On that day, the words holy to the Lord will be on the bells of the horses. The pots in the house of the Lord will be like the sprinkling basins before the altar. Every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah will be holy to the Lord of armies. All whose sacrifice will come and use the pots to cook in. And on that day, there will no longer be a Canaanite in the house of the Lord of armies. So, wow. Zechariah sees this day belonging to the Lord, which will initially lead to great trouble for the people of Jerusalem. The city will be captured, houses will be looted, and unspeakable things will be done to the people. But God directly intervenes along with his holy ones and utterly routs the invading armies. So is this day great for Jerusalem or is it terrible? It's a good question. And the biblical answer is both. And we see this in passages like Joel chapter 2, verses 30 through 32, which God says, I will display wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, for there will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem as the Lord promised among the survivors the Lord calls. So when I taught college classes for several years, I often shared with students in our New Testament class that, quote, great and terrible was the greatest and most accurate description of what the Bible has to say about the end times, about the day of the Lord, about the last days. So what exactly is Zechariah seeing here? Let's turn to pastor and author Brian R. Gregory to help us see a little bit more clearly what our text is saying. Dr. Gregory writes, The battle commences when the Lord gathers all the nations to Jerusalem to fight against the city. In Zechariah 12, the nations were gathering against Jerusalem and God defended her. But in this climactic oracle, a shift of emphasis occurs. Now, it is not the nations who are gathering against the city on their own initiative. It's God who's bringing the nations against Jerusalem, and the results are much graver. This situation is similar to Jeremiah's oracle against Jerusalem and Zedekiah that we see in Jeremiah 21. There the Lord declared his intention to use the Babylonian army as a weapon of attack against a sinful Jerusalem. Similarly, when the day of the Lord arrives, the Lord brings judgment on the city for its sin, a judgment described in graphic terms. Nevertheless, the ultimate intent is not to annihilate Jerusalem, but to purge it and to refine a remnant, just as in Zechariah. 
Zechariah chapter 12. Afterward, the Lord will turn his attention to the attacking nations, fighting against them and for his people as in the day of battle. When the Lord appears, he will stand on the Mount of Olives to the east of Jerusalem. This is not an incidental point. When the Lord departed from the temple at the beginning of the exile, he left the city and stood on the Mount of Olives, as we see in Ezekiel 11, and his return was to be from the same eastern direction. Thus, the expectation of the Lord's return led the people to look in the same direction, east toward the Mount of Olives. When the Lord plants his feet on the mountain, it will split in two from east to west, forming a large valley in the middle. Then half of the mountain will move northward and the other half will move southward, providing an easy pathway of movement. First, the people can use the valley as an escape route out of Jerusalem to flee, just as they did when the earthquake hit during the 8th century reign of King Uzziah. Second, the valley will provide an open alley for the Lord to come, flanked by his heavenly entourage of holy ones in royal procession to Zion. Suddenly, the battle scene, though, is interrupted to portray briefly the transformation that will ultimately result from the Lord's return to Jerusalem. The change in mood from verses 1 to 5 and 6 to 11 is dramatic. The day of battle will be like a day of darkness and doom before giving way to a new day of ceaseless light. On that day, there will be no daytime light or nighttime frost. The daytime will be continuous such that even in the evening there will be light. The disruption to the normal cycles of day and night is significant. In God's promise, to Noah, he had promised that the normal rhythms of seasons and days would not cease for as long as the earth endures. To claim that the eschatological battle would produce a time of continuous daytime without frost was to declare that this vision is the long-awaited goal of history. When it arrives, the promise to Noah will no longer need to be in effect since all things will be purified and renewed. Floodwaters will be replaced by living waters. The vision of living water streaming out to the nations is the continuation of a theme we see earlier in the book of Zechariah, but also in other places too, like Ezekiel's powerful vision of the renewed temple in Ezekiel 47. He saw water coming out from under the threshold. The streams continued to build until such an enormous volume volume of refreshing, life-giving water was flowing out of the temple that it turned the Dead Sea into a freshwater lake teeming with marine life. Zechariah 14 develops this theme but intensifies it by envisioning the living water flowing out not just from the temple but from the whole city of Jerusalem and not just to the east but to the west as well. Half of the water flows east to the Dead Sea, half flows west to the Mediterranean Sea and it never stops. In both summer and winter, living water continues to gush out of the city. So will it be with the advent, the coming of the Lord. His defeat of evil will bring about his unchallenged supremacy as king over all the earth. He will be recognized universally as the only true God, and his name will be revered as the only name. Just as copious streams will engulf a place of death like the Dead Sea and transform it into a wellspring of life, so the advent of the great king will overwhelm all his enemies and turn a world held in the deadly grip of evil into a place of new life." Amen, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We close with our Bible memory verse for the month of June. It's Daniel 6.23. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. When Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed, for he trusted in his God. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed. <laughs>